Did you know that 9 out of 10 UK shoppers will abandon a store using US dollars? I did not know that. Did you also know if someone leaves your store to use a currency converter, two out of three won't return? Well, that doesn't sound good. Not showing prices in customers' local currency might be one of the biggest contributors to your bounce rate. What do I do? If you ship internationally, a multi-currency app is an absolute must. Okay, which one should I get? Well, the folks at Bold make the best multi-currency app out there. What's so great about it? It auto-detects where your customers are shopping from and then shows them their correct local currency so you don't lose them in the first second that they load the site. How? It syncs in real time with a currency database, so it's always up to date. Can I adjust those rates? If you set it to sync real-time rates but want to pad that conversion by a few percent to net a little extra for yourself, you could do that too. What else can it do? It optionally supports vanity pricing, so if you wanted all your prices to end in, say, 99 cents, it could do that for you as well. Sold. How do I get it? Right now, Bold is offering listeners of the unofficial Shopify podcast their Bold multi-currency app free for two months. Just go to curdelster.com slash bold to install it and claim your exclusive offer. That's curdelster.com slash bold. What's the number one customer support request you get? I bet it's, hey, where's my order? My friends at Ventov, makers of SEO Meta Manager, have a solution for this. It's called Order Lookup. And it lets customers look up their orders, right, good name, with either their email or order number, reducing the order inquiries you get in your inbox. We use it on our own high-volume Shopify Plus client stores like Hoonigan and Yvonne Stells to provide real-time order info to customers with a fully customizable order lookup page so you can keep that thing on brand. And hey, if you're a dropshipper, it even works with ePacket. You can get a seven-day free trial when you search order lookup in the App Store. Today on the Unofficial Shopify Podcast, we are talking to a man who, as far as I can tell, hates free time, or maybe he just loves entrepreneurship so much that's how he's spending his free time i don't know we're gonna find out but he has a full-time job has two shopify businesses they both look extraordinary but he started them very recently so joining me today to discuss the realities of what it's like to start a uh, a new company design a brand launch two shops all while having a full-time job a toddler a newborn and way too many hobbies plus I think technically we're more or less still in a pandemic. I don't know. I was just at the airport and you could have fooled me. Um, <laughs> Orlando airport is wild and woolly. I promise. Uh, Mr. Ryan Tarver of Bambino Bikes is our guest today. Ryan, how you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me. And run me through some of this. You have uh, you have two Shopify stores, right? Yes. Okay. What's, what's number one? Number one is 2ambaby.com. And, and when did you start that? That actually launched in January, but the idea came... January 2021? 2021. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. And what's the second? The second is BambinoBikes.com. And, and that, that launched? That was in April 25th and of this year. So just previously around the corner. Wow. All right. So you are uh, early in your journey here. And then on top of that, you have a full-time job? I do. Yeah. So how what's, like I said, I don't like free time. <laughs> what's the full-time gig? 
Uh, full-time gig. I'm a director of marketing uh, for a consumer products good company. So okay. my background's in marketing, my background's in branding. All right, so you you bring some skills to the table that make this easier. You have some inherent advantages in this your work experience. I do, yeah. And it kind of came to the point where I realized, like, well, I kind of want to do this for myself now. And these were the first two attempts at doing that. So you said you were working for someone else, you're using those skills, and you said, wait a second, why can't I apply this to my own business, build something for myself? Was there like a moment, was there something that clicked where you said, all right, I'm, I'm doing this? Well, technically, this isn't the first time I've done this. Uh, back in 2015, I actually had another Shopify brand that I launched as well. And at the time, I was between jobs. And again, I just, I can't sit still. So uh, I created a product, launched a brand, went through the whole entire thing. Unfortunately, it wasn't the right time. Uh, you know, it was a good learning experience because I went through all the motions. I had the opportunity to fail. Uh, I think some people are proud of it, some aren't. You know, it's a mixed bag for sure. Uh, but that sparked my ideas for being able to do something in the future. I just didn't know what it was going to be yet. Having a false start the first time. I think a lot of us do. I know I did. Um, and now you're on you know, number two and three. Certainly, I think we could. W would you think of yourself as a serial entrepreneur? Yes, I just haven't had my opportunity to flourish just yet. Well, we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> you've got two Shopify stores going at the same time. What's the reality of that? Does like one get, you know, one is always taking priority and the other takes a back seat. You, you're conscious of it. You split the time. Like, how do you manage two in addition to the other stuff you're already doing? Yeah, that's a really good question because uh, since 2AM Baby launched first, it got all the priority and, you know, got out of the gate first. But the idea for Bambino Bikes was brewing before that a little bit too. And once we had 2AM Baby launched, we learned all this, uh, the ins and out of Shopify again, all the updates, you know, out of the sandbox turbo theme. We realized that we could do this again even faster. So it might not have been the best idea to launch two stores within a few months, but we were ready to do it again. So now, 2AM Baby takes a little bit of a backseat while we're pushing on Bambino bikes to get that promoted and out in the world even further. So there's there's kind of a juggling act that happens with all of that. And do you, uh, so 2AM Baby, tell me about that one. What does that sell? Yeah, so that was a thought experiment was how, what was the minimal viable product that we could create for a website? You know, minimal investment, things like that. So it's actually based on a print on demand app. And the idea was, the idea came from just joking around with a total lack of sleep and, you know, texting between a couple of friends and saying, hey, you know, I want to create a satirical baby brand uh, just to like vent uh, and had all these ideas. So we thought, what, what minimal investment level could we come into and create a brand, create a product and sell something to generate income? And that's what we came up with 2AM Baby, you know, leveraging that print on demand. I love... You know, that's one of the, the wonderful things about uh, print on demand is it's uh, fair. It, it's an easier entry. It's a lower barrier to entry because you're not buying inventory. And I, I like info products for the same reason. So for a, a first attempt, uh, that's certainly a smart way to go. How long before you said, all right, let's do it again. Let's launch another store. We started working on bambino bikes i think actually building the brand probably around uh end of january february 
as you're, you're growing these, do you have a, a staff, a team? Have you hired out or is this all you? Yeah, so I am a co-founder in both these companies. Uh, so both 2AM and Bambino Bikes are underneath an LLC. And there's three co-founders total. And we're all remote. So we don't actually physically live in the same location. Uh, it's a team of people that I've worked with in the past. Uh, so I know their work ethic. I know, you know how invested they are already from past experiences. So that makes a huge difference uh, across the board when it comes to getting things done. And you know, having a full-time job, having kids, having hobbies doesn't leave a whole lot of time. Uh, so that's a big deal right there. Some people love having co-founders. Others say don't do it. Where do you fall here? I, I'm an advocate for having co-founders. Uh, they, you, you have to be careful, of course, about who you choose and how many and all of that. But I think when it comes to day-to-day -day life, if you're trying to actually create something and not burn out or take a vacation, you need to have someone else there that's going to fill in that spot or compliment you in some sort of way. And that's exactly how our team is set up. Uh, you know, myself, you know, I, I work a lot in the ideation, the branding, conceptual, and we also have a graphic designer who's a co-founder and we have a project manager who's a co-founder. So all of us are complimenting each other the entire time. And, you know, recently I just went on vacation for two weeks and I felt okay with it because one of my co-founders was right there filling the gap in, you know, answering customer service emails, maintaining everything, keeping social up to date. I, that is, that's quite the dream team to have a, a branding expert, a project manager and a graphic designer like those three together. You could get a ton done. Where do you feel, uh, where do you feel like you could fill in the gaps? Where do you think like, man, this is, this is the, the one piece we're missing as far as skills go. <laughs> well, that one piece that we're missing, actually, we were super lucky to also have our first employee, technically. When we launched Bambino Bikes, the, all the photography was done by a good friend of mine. And he posted some of the photos on his own profile and promoted us a little bit. And the first person to contact us, uh, she reached out. She's like, hey, I really like what you guys are doing. Uh, I think it's really cool. Are you hiring? And of course, I'm just like, oh my my god! Like, how how is someone already asking me this? Like, I we can't pay anyone. This is impossible. So I was really straightforward with her. I said, hey, you know what? You know, this is a startup. None of us are taking home a paycheck. And you know, like, we're, we're super stoked that you you're interested, and we'll keep your resume on file. And we ended up talking to her a little bit more. And she ended up being this really awesome fit. And she said, Hey, you know, I just want to work with you guys. Uh, you know, I'm getting my master's right now. I'm working for another nonprofit. This would be a great thing. Cause I'm super interested in it. So she actually is heading up a little bit of customer service. Uh, she heads up our brand ambassador program and our affiliate program as well. So that, that was a really awesome piece to add in there for us. No, absolutely. It sounds like you, you have found a, a unicorn dream team. It's pretty exciting with now everybody's remote and you've got uh, at least four people working collaboratively on two brands. That's not an easy thing to keep organized. Like every time you add a new element, things get tougher. Walk me through your, your tools, your tools, your workflow. Like what are the, how are you keeping sane with all this? <laughs> uh, I'm going to give a plug to Asana right now for project management. Uh, been a huge advocate of the program forever and it's free. 
So if there's anyone out there that's trying to keep things organized, just look up Asana, start using it. Uh, that's our number one tool for communication. Uh, obviously, we use Slack. We use the Google Suite. Uh, all of, those are our core tools, really, uh, when it comes down to everything, so that we can all collaboratively work. Uh, yeah, Asana's pretty sweet. I think we use teamwork, um, but Asana's great. Monday is good. You know, for a while, people loved Basecamp. I don't know if that's that's <laughs> as cool anymore. Yeah. At least like Twitter doesn't seem to think so. Slack, like, yeah, totally. We're all you pretty much everybody's using Slack at this point. It's like par for the course for a remote team. Do you have like a cadence for meetings? Is there a, a daily morning meeting, weekly, anything like that? Yeah, we've got a couple of scheduled meetings a week uh, to make sure everything's on track. And it sets us up for, weirdly enough, our week, which is our weekend. That's when we get the most work done. And that's, do you all have full-time jobs? Yes. In addition to this? Yeah. Oh, man. Have you thought about quitting? <laughs> Too soon. Too soon? <laughs> it's hard to, do you know, do you, not everyone knows when. Some people, like, they're like, they just realize, they have a moment. I think most people have a moment where they go, eh, I think it's time to just go full time with this. Have you thought about that at all? It's always on my mind, right? But we're in, we're in launch phase and we're going to be in launch phase for a long time. You know, we're still trying to make sure that we're getting sales from people that we don't know. Tell me about launching Bambino. Because this, you know, by this point now, this is your third effort on Shopify. Yeah, in addition to your, your own work experience. Walk me through, you know, at this point with that experience, what is launching a brand on Shopify look like in 2021? Yeah. So taking it from zero and creating a brand to promoting it out there, actually having the product, getting sales is a huge journey on its own and just letting people know about it. So one of the big things I'd recommend for anyone that's attempting this, like set your foundation up immediately like go through the steps of creating your brand identity and i don't mean just have a logo and some colors and fonts i mean set up your brand voice uh set up your brand attributes so that you know what you're going to be creating as you go through this whole entire process uh, you're going to reference it more than you think so the whole entire time we were building the website in shopify on another window i had our brand id open the entire time referencing it i was like I need a color. I need to make sure that this copy I wrote fits the brand voice. And that really helps us. And it's going to help you in the future too, if you ever decide to outsource anything. So that's just one small step in the whole entire thing. And then I mentioned that we used out of the sandbox turbo theme for this. Uh, this one for Bambino bikes is the Portland build. And we had the opportunity with 2am to learn quite a bit. So when we took on Bambino bikes, uh, we actually did a lot more customization. Uh, we were, it was another one of those unicorn moments where one of our co-founders brothers was between jobs and he just so happens to know, you know, like five different coding languages. Um, and we asked him, Hey, can you know, fix a couple of things on the site for us? And he popped in and he's like, yeah, I'll figure that out. And pretty soon we were just bugging him all the time. We we're like, Oh, can we create custom pages? You know, like, can we build out our product pages like this and this? And he's like, yeah, you know, I'll get in there. And he just whips it out. <laughs> It's so helpful to have someone like that where you can go so far with the theme. You can only go so far with the theme if you don't know like HTML, CSS and some JavaScript. And to have someone that knows that available to you really uh, starts to feel like a superpower at some point. 
when you're talking about uh, customizations for the theme, uh, give me a few examples. Yeah, so our big focus was on product pages. Um, I am a huge advocate of telling a story through the product page and telling as much about the product as possible so that you get someone uh, at all points in the sales channel to understand what they're looking for in there. Uh, so the out of the box does a really good job with the product pages on Turbo, but we wanted to make it more experiential. We wanted to add a lot of features to it. Uh, so we actually are, well, let me back up a little bit. One of the challenges as a retailer selling other brands product is that you have a lot to talk about in a little space. And that was actually the key driver for why we put so much customization into the product pages. Cause we're telling an entire story on this single page. So we built in uh, a descriptions tab to show all the information. We built an entire feature section that has uh, full color images and copy left, right, all the way through. We have a size and fit guide in multiple places. And we actually have a FAQ on every single page because we wanted to keep that person there. We wanted to make sure that we answer all their questions uh, right there. And then going down the page, we have a full gallery, uh, testimonials, everything that's in there. The so on, on Bambino bikes, these are drop ship. These are not your you're not manufacturing. these. We're not manufacturing, but we do stock them in house. OK. And what's so impressive about this site is that it's so well branded, so well put together. And it's got these custom product pages. And you're right with um, these great photos and quotes and tons of great copy and a tab description. It really makes it feel and you could personalize it. Um, let's see what this personalized button does. Oh, yeah, and I could personalize it. Um, looks like you cut, you know, a custom sticker for it. Uh, that really makes it feel a lot more like I'm buying from Bambino as opposed to I'm buying from yet another dropshipper. Like you've added so much value here with content and presentation. That was the big thing. So when we looked at the space, we looked at our direct competition and saw what we were up against. It was really bland. It was really masculine. Um, and the sport of cycling has changed a lot. Uh, there's a, a huge demographic shift in it. There's a lot more women. There's a lot more younger athletes getting into cycling. And we wanted to make sure that we appealed to parents as well as children when they saw this website. So it's full color. It's bright. You know, there's a lot of illustration in it, just more fun things going on. And then of course, like you said, all of this value adds that we tried to add to it. Yeah, then all of that put together creates the sense of like, wow, this is really it, it professional, it's trustworthy, this is who I should buy from. Um, so you you talked about the importance of brand identity as like the, the cornerstone of everything you do. Walk me through what goes into developing a brand identity. What are like the what's the outline, the bullet points there? Yeah, it's really breaking every single piece down like you need to you need to go beyond just picking a name like you need to come up with your mission statement your values uh your like i mentioned your attributes because all of those are what you're going to build upon to actually create your brand voice uh to come up with your tagline whatever it may be so it's really important that those are set up to establish as you move forward. And those typically can happen even before you consider a logo, uh, when in most cases you should. Where do you think most brands go wrong when developing a brand identity? Or maybe it's just that they don't do they it. Don't like do it. it's just a logo. You get you get so 
tied up in doing everything else that really what it comes down to is like they're going to go to Fiverr or something like that and say, hey, I need a logo. And they don't think past that. So I think that could slow you down a bunch when it comes to developing your brand, developing your site and launching it is because you're spending all that extra time going back and forth and trying to think like, oh, what color should this be? Well, if you already set it up, then you know it's really easy. And out of the sandbox, like bless them, they have so many different settings and everything like that, but they have so many that it gets overwhelming instantly. Yes. Yeah, it's even as many times have I done it, I, it's that color section. I'm always like, which is the one I'm looking for? Ugh! And then I end up like, then I'll go hard code it in the CSS, which of course I'll then regret later when I go change it doesn't work and I'm tearing my hair out again. Um, so tell me how... You, you reference telling a story. What does, what is telling a story in a product page look like? Like what's the difference between here's the info you need to buy and here I've, I've created a, a, a narrative. Yeah. And, and we've of course done both. So we have the info you need to buy, which is like details. Essentially, if somebody really wanted to get into that, that was a little more techie. Uh, but the story part of it really comes down to appealing to the parent. So a parent is going to be more interested in, is their kid going to enjoy this? Are they going to smile? Are they going to use it for a long time? Will it wear them out to the point where they actually fall asleep? And we wanted to answer all those questions. So we have a little bit more fun with the copy when it comes to that. Uh, you know, so one of the headlines that we use is the bike that you'd ride if you were three feet tall. So we're talking to the parent, but appealing to the child at the same time and trying to really put both the parent and the child in this situation so that they can see themselves in there. One of the things I noticed on the, the product detail page I clicked on, uh, the first one I got to, it had two, two customer quotes. One was from the parent. One was from a two and a half year old. That's my son. <laughs> yeah. And I have, you know, I have, I have three kids. So I immediately, and one of them is four right now. I immediately related to it. So I, it really, it's quite brilliant. And she has been talking about how she wants to learn to ride a bike. Now, now I got to get a, I got to get a bike. Oh, we should talk. Um, <laughs> so what's interesting about these two brands you have, 2AM Baby, it's like onesies, you know, it's stuff for newborns and infants. And then you've got Bambino Bikes, which is for toddlers. And so what's clever about these two brands is it's the same customer at different time points. You know, when you have a brand that's like for kids it tends to be for a very narrow range and as soon as they age out you lose that customer and that's kind of one of the tough parts about brands like this and so it's clever that you've got um you know, these these brands that occur sequentially as far as age goes was that conscious or a happy accident i think that was a happy accident but we're using it to our advantage now so you'll notice in different parts of the website we actually cross promote the two brands and we do this on social and, and we're going to continue to do that but that's a really good point when it comes to the customer lifetime uh, for these two brands specifically. And that's one of our big future goals. Uh, we're working on building out our Clavio email flows right now, especially for Bambino bikes, because I am really hoping to leverage email flows for future purchases. So if we get someone in at the very beginning and they buy something for their toddler at say two years old, we're going to eventually have the product offering for all the way up to 10 years old. And we're going to carry them through that whole journey using smart you know, automation. 
It's kind of, it's, I'm glad you brought that up because in my notes, the very next thing I had written down was cross promo question mark. And then sure enough, you're like, oh, well, we cross promote. I'm like, no, one step ahead of me. How can you increase your Shopify sales by 10 to 15% overnight? Well, you could make a deal with the devil. Can you believe it? All I had to do was give him my soul. <laughs> or you could just use Zipify one click upsell created by the owner of a $100 million e-commerce store entrusted by over 8,200 Shopify merchants. One click upsell helps you boost your average order value with targeted upsells and cross sells. Plus it's got mobile optimized offer pages that drive sky high conversions and built-in split testing for maximizing your results. It's no wonder one click upsell has made its users an extra $162 million in sales. And it only takes a few minutes to install the app, launch your first upsell, and start generating 10 to 15% more revenue overnight. To start your free 30-day trial, go to zipify.com slash Kurt, that's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash K-U-R-T. And to get an unadvertised bonus, email help at zipify.com and ask for the tech nasty bonus. Tech nasty. Yeah, what's interesting about this is you as a founder have tremendous experience in branding and high expectations, I imagine. And you have access, it, you've got uh, quite a bit of skill and experience in Shopify. Plus you have access to a graphic designer and a web developer. You have very few limitations on what you can do with this brand. And that's so dangerous. You can spend your entire time just fiddling, just fiddle, 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 tweaking, tweaking, fiddling, and spinning your wheels. And I've seen people do it. So talk to me about uh, MVP versus perfection. Like, how do you find the balance? How do you know where, like, okay, this is good enough for this moment? Yeah. Anyway, have you struggled with this? We have. We fell into this uh, both times, both launches. You know, it was when we launched 2AM Baby in January, there was probably like three or four hours before we actually clicked the button. And we all celebrated, of course, when we did. But we were just tweaking little things. And uh, our designer was like, well, we could change this color. We could change this image. And I was like, we just got to do it. And uh, we got a little better with 2AM or with uh, Bambino bikes. But at the same time, we didn't because I was in there saying, oh, what if we added this one more feature? What if we added this one more thing to the page? So then we'd have to go back and code all of that. And it would take twice as long. So it happens to everybody, no matter what. You just got to try and be conscious of it and not let it get you too far out uh for sure it's a in like where that line is what defines good enough is going to be different for everybody yeah but i think it's just it as long as you're asking the question like am i uh <laughs> is this bike shedding maybe like am i uh just continuously optimizing so that i don't have to face launching it because i've seen that happen um but it, like if, if it's in the back of your mind, I think that alone can be enough to stop it. Uh, on this site, uh, on Bambino, do you do anything to increase average order value? Do we have any cross-sell or upsell opportunities? Yeah, so we don't... This is one of the things when you're launching, uh, it's really tough to not want to just go buy all the cool apps, right? So you're a huge fan of bolds uh, when it comes to bold cross sell and bundles and all that. And I, I wish we could afford that right now, but we can't. Uh, so we did everything kind of manually. If you're on a product 
detail page at the very bottom, uh, we do uh, kind of like a complimentary thing. So there's two things we do. So we do uh, shop accessories and that's a pre-filtered collection page just to this brand. So if you were to click on it in this example is, you know, Bixby bikes, if you clicked on it, you get only Bixby accessories. So that's one thing. Go a little further, you get a collection call out for get all the gear to complete your kit. So we want to get people to buy a bike, a helmet, gloves, uh, a book, whatever it is to complete their kit and get a bundle out of it. So we promote this idea of getting free shipping on your bundle, but it's all manual, right? It's just a setting on the back end that says, you know, once you hit an order value of 325, you get free shipping. There's nothing fancy going on right now. The, but you still are, without using an app, you are offering cross-sells. And I think that's that's the important part. Cross-sells and bundles without apps, yeah. Yeah, and you're right. You said, well, you know, we can't afford it right now. And it's you're right. One app is not expensive. But when you start adding up the cost of you know 30 to 40 apps, which many stores have, this Shopify bill monthly, this recurring cost, can balloon. So it's good to be conscious of it, especially at, at the start. Um, and just, you know, regularly audit, review those apps. The, in your shopping cart, you offer a donation. You say, add a donation in support of Grow Cycling Foundation. Donate $1, powered by Pledge. So they're up. Ah, I found an app. We've got an app in here. <laughs> it is an app. Tell me. Yeah, it's free. <laughs> is, is cause marketing, and that's what this is. It's cause marketing. Is this worthwhile? Why do you do it? Uh, my experience shows that cause marketing definitely is beneficial to not only the cause itself, of course, but your brand as well. Uh, there is a growing interest from your customers across the board, and it could be any type of cause that they're interested in. You just have to find the right one. Uh, but that helps kind of close the sale a little bit in a way, because I'm trying to set ourselves apart from our competition, right? So if our competition is not doing any personalization or if their branding is a little lackluster or if they're not having any sort of a cause, but we do, we have a better chance of winning that sale because that person wants to give their money. They put their money where they care. The rise of conscious consumerism, which I think the pandemic accelerated. Most definitely it did. So we were talking about, you know, finding a balance in perfectionism. Was there one like specific element of the site you obsessed over versus any other? I think everyone has their own pet thing. Yeah, I think if you ask our graphic designer, uh, she would definitely say like the homepage images or pretty much any of the images. Uh, for me, one thing I'm still assessing over is collection pages. There's some quirks about, now maybe it's maybe it's the template, maybe it's the Shopify. Uh, but there's some quirks in the collection pages and how they lay out and how they look that I'm just not a fan of. Tell me, what is it? And it, it might also be the case of some of our images, but the way that they lay out in that, if the image is slightly off size, or if you have two different products that you're trying to line up in a single collection, one image is smaller than the other, it offsets that. And then there's a misalignment on text. Uh, that's one thing. Or it's the col yeah, trying to get a, a neat and tidy collection grid is a consistent issue. And what I found, the solution here is every product photo, at least the first photo, has to be the same aspect ratio. Yep. And that will that'll solve a lot of this for you. That would be my ideal, especially like early on before the catalog gets huge. Get everything to a single consistent aspect ratio. I tell people to do square because it just it, it's very works very nicely in a variety of layouts. 
Um, and in one of the theme settings, you could set like a, a max product height image that'll help also kind of force things to alignment. And then oftentimes you give up and you just start like throwing CSS at it until it is uh, customized within an inch of its life. And there's like, you know, you're still experiencing bizarre edge cases where things don't quite line up, but it's close. Yeah, that, that was a big one. We eventually got the images under control, but then with the other issue we ran into was that the color options. Uh, so these, that's one of the cool things about these bikes is they come in like six different color options. But as soon as it hits that max and it drops down the next line, it's gonna push all of your info down a little bit further. And then the product next to it has maybe like one or two color options, it's up a line. And that just drove us all nuts. Yeah, pretty soon. I mean, you could start to like overflow hidden where, you know, and start uh, trying to trying to hide stuff to get it to the same width or truncating text or otherwise it like at some point you're going through and editing product titles to keep them from breaking, to keep them all to the same line length. Like there is no limit to the amount of fiddling one can do. Yeah. And, and I was at it last night, too. I was I was doing that, just checking little things going through and maintaining. But all of it adds up, you know, to a, a more consistent professional experience where people trust the site enough to make a purchase. And in your case, you know, Bambino Bikes, you're spending two, uh, two to $300 on a, a toddler's bike, and that's tough. So you can't have um, imperfections. You can't have things that, like, give people an excuse not to buy. No, definitely. <laughs> so you've got, you're doing a lot here. You know, you've got uh, a full-time job, family life. I'm sure you have some hobbies at two Shopify stores. How the heck do you balance it? What takes priority? How does this work? I mean, having co-founders and a team helps. Yeah. I mean, of course, family is the the big priority, right? I mean, that's the whole reason I'm doing this is the side hustle is to hopefully one day be able to do this full time. And because my family's involved in this project, like the time that I'm quote unquote working is also family time as well. So it really kind of helps with the balance right there. Uh, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's a busy day. You know, the day starts at five, you know, I get up, work out, get the kids up, make breakfast, and then it's full-time job. But any break or lunch break, you know, I'm working on the other jobs and then, you know, we do dinner and then it's by the time the kids are in bed, open, you know, hit the sofa, open the laptop and I'm working again. And it's just day in, day out. But that's the thing. That's why I'm a huge advocate of having co-founders that have the exact same mindset and the exact same work ethic that I do is because I'm multiplying my efforts by two to three times with their help. How long do you think you keep it up? All of this together. Uh, yeah. Some days it feels like <laughs> it feels like I got to stop. And other days it's I've got all the energy in the world. Uh, we'll see. On the days where it's tough. How do you, how do you manage it? How do you get through it? Or is it like any answer goes, I think everyone deals with stress differently. Yeah. Uh, the big thing for me is that I can't stop moving. So I, for me, stress relief is activity and that comes in the form okay. of biking. And that is actually also when I come up with my best ideas. So I'll be out in the middle of nowhere on a bike ride and all of a sudden an idea pops in my head and I'm jumping on slack and I'm annoying everyone else on the team. And I'm like, Oh, we should do this and this. And they're like, aren't you out riding right now? <laughs> I used to ride, I'd ride like, uh, 50 miles in a day on a Sunday regularly. And you're absolutely right. There's like, you get, there is a Zen exercise zone, you know, where, like, you know, I'd ride on like, um, 
uh, a path in the woods. And, you know, it's just you on the bike and there's, you're surrounded by nature, which is proven as, as a stress reliever. And it really, it does, it clears your head and you have the, the best thoughts. Um, I also, I relate to, you said like, man, activity is a stress reliever. Do you mean physical activity or any activity that focuses you? I think it could be any activity. It just depends on the person. It, it's whatever okay. it takes for your brain to focus on something else so that it's, the subconscious can work on that other problem without being interfered. Oh, smart. I like that. <sighs> yeah. So for me, it's it's mountain biking. And that means I need to keep the bike upright, not crash into a tree or a rock. So I'm focused on that problem. But my brain is also working on something else at the same time. So when I relax and, you know, as the stress goes away, things kind of start to open up and creativity comes. My wife calls it uh, rage cleaning. <laughs> when I am like, when I hit maximum stress... I just start cleaning something <laughs> like probably cleaning the house. Maybe I'm going to wash a car. Um, but she, she'll like, I'll start like just put dishes away angrily. And she's like, okay, what are you stressed out? About? Like she knows, but it's the exact same thing. Um, you know, less effective, but similar idea. The, what was I going to say? Oh, all right. So let's talk about apps. You have certainly you have some apps installed. Do you have a favorite? It's so early to to know if there's a favorite right now. I think I want to say that Clavio is going to be my favorite just because I know there's so much potential there and I can't wait to get into it. I just, I can't wait to nerd out on all the, the email <laughs> flows that I, I have in my head. Yeah. Well, that's another one where well, you have to set a limit as to how fiddly you get. Oh, like I've yeah. got a couple clients with abandoned cart flows where it's like, you have to scroll it, you know, at horizontal and vertical to try and get to where it, it's doing what you want, figure out what it's doing. And like it switches between email and SMS, and depending on card value and new versus return, you can get utterly insane with these things. And you know, at some point you hit like diminishing returns where you can only segment so much. Um, so how, how are you? Well, how the heck with a brand new brand that no one's ever heard of? How do you announce it to the world? <laughs> Good question. I'm still learning. <laughs> uh, still in process. A, a big thing to keep in mind when doing this is meeting your customers where they are. And we actually kind of kicked ourselves a little bit on the launch of Bambino Bikes because we forgot that fundamental idea. Uh, we, we were so excited with launch and we, we wanted to promote so much so fast that we just fell into the bucket of, oh, let's just throw... Facebook and Instagram dollars at, you know, some of our posts and do that. And like, we hadn't even set up Still our buy traffic from the traffic store via boosted post. Yeah. Yeah. We we're doing that. Cause we hadn't had time to set up our retargeting. We hadn't had time to do anything yet. We just were super excited and it fell flat instantly. Uh, and so we, we took a step back from that and we reminded ourselves, okay, we got to meet our customers where they are. We also remind ourselves like, what is our core competency? And for our team, it's inbound marketing practices and becoming a thought leader in our space. So when we had that kind of discussion and we came back and realized what we needed to do is we manually started doing outreach. And we're right now we're leveraging Instagram and brand ambassadors and influencers to get the word out there. So we found our niche audience uh, and this is all based off of our customer 
uh, personas. And again, that's something right there with that brand ID kit, have your customer personas built as well. So going to help you. And we actually kind of stumbled upon this audience. Uh, I like to call it gear junkie moms or adventure moms. And adventure mom. I like that. They're, they're huge. And it's, it's super awesome to see because I mentioned earlier that the cycling industry has really changed. The demographic has changed. There's a lot more uh, women and moms getting into the sport of cycling. And when we found this, it just instantly clicked. We started getting a lot more people to the site. We started getting a lot more conversation on our posts and it, that's really been helping us. And that's the big thing that we're working with on our launch right now. Because you had those customer avatars, and as part of the brand ID kit, that it sounds like that made it easier to identify the influencers and ambassadors that would work. Uh, did you just reach out and develop relationships or did you use any social media tools to try and identify them? How'd you do it? Yeah, so we're doing it manually and, it, and I think there's a lot of value to that because it really creates a relationship early on. Uh, we, after hearing a couple of podcasts about do Dovetail, we did add that in as well. We're starting to learn how to use that to branch out even further. Yeah, that dovetail tool, see, I've not yet used it, but I've heard enough about it. It seems pretty sweet. You had mentioned inbound marketing. What is inbound marketing? Boiled down, it's anything you don't pay for. <laughs> so it's going to be blogs. Uh, it can. It's your organic social media. Uh, it's articles that you might put out there, uh, press releases, things like that. It's just anything where you're generating traffic. So SEO obviously falls into that as well. Uh, uh, this podcast this, is an inbound marketing effort. This is. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. Um, that's like inbound marketing for was like a new thing to me 10 years ago. And it did, I, I struggled with social anxiety, so I didn't want to do cold outreach. And cold outreach sucks anyway. Nobody likes it. And so I, I, I was interested in inbound marketing. And it, it's really like content marketing, inbound marketing. I think it, it, it's probably the overlap there is like 95%. Yes. Um, and so I, I found like, oh, content marketing, that's the, th I'd like opportunities to be creative. And so I just started throwing myself into that and, you know, publish 300 episodes, suddenly you get good at it and you see some results. Um, but yeah, that, that's where that, that came from. Oh, do you have, do you have any, uh, recommended resources on inbound marketing? Uh, yes. There's a book called, they ask you answer by Marcus Sheridan and, it is a great guide for setting you up to learn how to do all of this. And his focus originally was blogging and having articles um, about specific topics, long tail keywords, things like that. And he's now branched out obviously into video and things like that to kind of the same idea, uh, but obviously bringing it to the 21st century. And we're really leveraging that quite a bit too. So I mentioned that we're trying to be thought leaders in our space. So we do a lot of in-depth, long format, educational uh, blog posts. And we're getting to the point where we're also building those in the video. But the idea is, is that you have this primary piece that's really big and long and you break it into little tiny pieces. And you use that across social, uh, all of your platforms, whatever you happen to be using. Uh, you can build those pieces into your product pages. Maybe they're FAQs. Like you take those and you use them as many places as you possibly can think of. I love it. The and well, and using the show as an example, you could see it happen. So we'll do like uh, the Q and A episode with Paul and I, and we'll put it on video. So I've got two. I now have two long form pieces of content: the YouTube video and the episode. We'll then chop those into we call them cut downs, 
those become social media video. And then a copywriter will turn those into blog posts. So that like the whole thing breaks down into a whole bunch of smaller pieces of content. Um, you really like you want to create yeah one big piece that really goes in depth and then try and break that down into smaller bite sized pieces pieces. Heck, I've been watching the History Channel recently. They've got that show, The Food That Built America. Just really, I, I greatly enjoy it. Um, they have they make the same show as a short. It's like you know, one hour show. And then they do the same show as a 30 minute show called the food that built America snack sized. And I watched it. It's the same show edited shorter. Like how bizarre, but it's the, the identical idea. So even TV is doing this. Yeah. And it's also, if you're struggling with social media or if you're struggling with being consistent with your postings and things like that, it's a really good method to follow is you spend the time doing those big pieces and then before you know it, you're going to have all the little pieces and you're going to fill out your calendar for, you know, two, three months. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm usually about, you know, like six weeks out for content. Um, feels pretty good when you don't have to worry about it and it makes it, you know, consistent. Um, and it's just one less thing to, to stress about. So what's next? Where do you want to go from here? What are you working on now? <laughs> So along the themes of being a serial entrepreneur, I mean, our, our goal for the team is to hopefully have three to four brands that we manage one day. Uh, so we've got ideas for other stores in the hopper all the time. Uh, I'm actually most interested in the business model for a single product website. I think that's kind of a curious experiment right there and uh, an opportunity to really focus in and have an entire website speak to one single thing rather than multiples. I love the single product websites. They are anytime you can add some limitations to yourself, it immediately it, uh, it focuses you. And so having a single product website like that's an opportunity where the entire thing can live almost completely on a single page. And then within that page, you could really go deep and like we're going to tell a story and we're going to really try and make the case for why you should buy this. I the single product uh, websites and brands, they're, they're a lot of fun. But then at the same time, it's like, okay, you, you know, uh, it, it gets tougher with, um, you know, customer lifetime value and cross sell because unless it's con a consumable good and they're going to come buy it a second time, it could be tough. So advantages and disadvantages, but no, I like those a lot. So Mr. Tarver, if I wanted to go buy a, a balance bike from you right now, where and how would I do it? So bambinobikes.com. And I think we've got a code for you, Kurt. Unofficial 15 is what I have in my show notes. Excellent. Let me put that in the, the notes as well. And, you know, my uh, my my brother and sister-in-law just had a newborn. I got to get a onesie for them, too, from 2AM Baby. Uh, does the code apply there it as well? It works for both. Excellent. And congratulations to them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, super cute. We have yet another another cousin, which is always always fun. Uh, all right, Mr. Tarver, is there anywhere else we can go to learn more about you? Not really. I mean, this is my, my main focus. So if uh, you're interested in learning about our story, 2ambaby.com talks about the origin and then Bambino Bikes kind of spawned out of that as well. Wonderful. Uh, I'm going to go peruse some balance bikes. Ryan, thank you so much. This has been enlightening. Great. Thank you very much, too. When people ask in my Facebook group what theme they should use, I always see people recommend Flex. Why? Because it's the Swiss Army knife of Shopify themes. It comes with everything you need right out of the sandbox. 
Flex is truly one of the most flexible themes in the market. It's got customizable CSS within the theme editor to give you more creative control without breaking your theme's code. And it comes packed with 10 mega menu navs with six columns each. Whew, that's a lot of stuff. And to make it even sweeter, Out of the Sandbox has been in the e-com game for over a decade, providing some of the best customer experience in the industry. Head over to outofthesandbox.com slash unofficial to get started on your dream store today. The link's in the show notes. And don't forget to use the discount code KURT20, that's K-U-R-T-2-0, for 20% off your theme purchase. And with their 14-day money-back guarantee, you've got nothing to lose. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe up over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including links to sites we discussed, and maybe some details you missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors. So please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at ethercycle.com. Thanks for listening.